You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're going to talk about this account in the Bible wherein Jesus Christ multiplied uh, five loaves and two, how many, how many fish? Uh, some of you are, 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 are you sure? Two fish? Okay. Two fish. Good. And this is a powerful miracle. And I believe that God has a message for all of us here because I know that more than anything else, God is not just doing a miracle, but He wants to capitalize. Gumagamit po siya ng paraan in order for Him to really uh, communicate what He wants to communicate. And uh, John chapter uh, 6, verse 1 to 15 uh, is a miracle of Christ. And I, uh, I don't have to elaborate on this. Some of you are familiar. It's a story wherein God uh, opted to feed 5,000 people. That's only men. Uh, and we know that... Um, uh, the men are accompanied by women and their children, so about 15,000 to 20,000 people. God has to multiply. And when this little, what's the name of the boy? Boy, right? He's a Filipino. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> now, if you check the Bible, this little boy opted to give uh, five loaves and two fish, and the Lord multiplied everything. And I don't know if you're like me, I love bread, okay? How many of you here, you love bread, okay? Okay, good. How many of you here, you love to eat? We like rice. How many of you here, you can't help but... Every time that you eat adobo or sinigang, uh, sinigang nababoy, you, you, you can't help but, but get a, 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 a cup of rice or a, what, a half rice cooker of rice. Um, uh, you, you're, 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 you can't help but eat rice. Come on now. Anybody here who loves to eat rice, you can't help. You know, there are times I've promised myself, I want to lose weight. I, I, I tried South Beach, South Park after six, before nine. I tried almost everything, but I could just can't help. Every time I would eat, um, I, just, I have promised myself not to eat rice, but there's this demonic spirit that comes into my system, and I just can't prevent myself but eat rice. No, it's not biblical. But my point is, it's, it's my choice to eat rice. I have promised to lose weight, but I just can't help. I don't know for what reason. I, have to, I don't have to explain this, okay? Um, right now, for the past two years here in Alabang, uh, I have gained weight. And right now, my, my, my waistline is about 33. Yung kasha sa akin, 38. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but again, we just can't help. But, but all of you can relate with me that indeed there's no other way. But, but at times when, when um, we yearn for food, we just can't stop ourselves. Uh, because some of us, our reason is that we want to reward ourselves. We're working hard. That's my reason to myself. I'm working hard. I have to eat well. But in fact, uh, it's, it's at times something that you have to rethink. Because at the end of the day, um, all of us, we have our own appetite or appetite for a lot of us here. And we gravitate to things that we like. Though we have promised ourselves, I will never do this, but because it's part of your appetite, at times you find yourself doing what you don't like doing. And this is why uh, the, the passage that we're going to really talk about speaks of the miracle of God. And people um, would always gravitate to the things that, that they like and they want. And if you check the miracle, uh, I, we don't have to open because we have a long passage after this that we will talk about. This is just uh, an introductory story in order for us to really understand what, what Jesus uh, or what Christ is trying to convey to his audience. So we have appetite. The problem with appetites, they, these are limited and what temporary. I mean, you can eat now and, and have your, 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 your uh, a feel and you feel good about what you have eaten, but that will only last for about a, a, an hour probably. Uh, the things that we gravitate to and the hobbies that we want and the things that we buy, this will give us the joy or happiness for about, what, 20 minutes? After that, you're done. Some of the, uh, these things are really just limited. I mean, you can only get a, a just 
a five-minute joy and happiness, and that's it. You're done. The things that the world has to offer has limitations. I'm not saying that you should not enjoy the, the, what the world has to offer. There, I, I, I'm, I, I will be a hypocrite if I will tell you that you should distance yourself from the material things. Things are good. I want a nice cell phone. How many of you here, you want a nice cell phone, right? I mean, napansin nyo ba, pagka iPhone talagang every time you text, even though you don't have a load, you want to tell the whole world that you're texting somebody, right? But if it's my phone, you want to keep it, right? Uh, I don't know why, okay? Because you, you, you tend to derive your joy and your happiness and your significance to the things that you own. I have nothing against, okay, any other phone. My point is that people, okay, typically, they are deriving their, 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 their identity in the things uh, and what, what the world has to offer. And this is something that uh, we, we can take a closer look because we think at times that we don't have it in our system, that you are all for God and you want to serve God, you want to love God, you want to worship God. But there is something in our system, whether we like it or not, that we gravitate to. Things that we like, the story okay, is about the people who witness the miracle of God and they want to pursue God because of what they can get from God. How many of you here are guilty? There are times you are in church because you have a problem. Now, if you have a problem, you're always welcome. But that is not uh, what a true follower is. The reason why you're following God, not because of what God has to offer, the reason why you want to follow God, because of God. Am I correct? You don't want to be in a relationship, just like what I mentioned a week or two weeks ago. You don't want to be in a relationship where the person wants to be in a relationship because of what he can get from you. And this is what my, what my, what my wife told me about 11 years ago. I've been married for 11 years. Sabi ng misis ko, hindi kita pinakasalan dahil sa pera mo. They will lack on and at the end of the day, you need to understand, okay, thank you, honey, that, that at the end of the day, we uh, at times find ourselves being in a situation where we want to pursue God, but if we take a closer look, you want to pursue God because of what God has to offer. My question with you right now, how many of you here you have prayer concerns, things that you want, things that you desire, things that you long for? What if in your lifetime God will not provide what you want? Will you still worship God? Will you still follow God? It's okay to say yes, but when you come into your senses and you're all by yourself and you don't have a boyfriend and things are not doing well in your life, yes, Lord, I, even though I will serve you, even if I don't have... You can say that, but I'm telling you right now, human as we are, really, there's a tendency for us to take it, uh, and, 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 and take it against God. And the reason why we're like that, because part of our nature is that we want what God has to offer more than God. And this is what God is trying to communicate in this passage. John chapter 6, verse 1 to 15. In verse 14, let me read right here. Are you with me? Verse 14. Let me read. When the people, say the word people. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Now, he was, he was indeed the, the, the man of the hour. He was the hero. But people are validating this is the guy that we need. This is the, uh, the person that will provide for what we need and what we want. This is our hero. And the reason why they're saying that Jesus Christ is their hero, because presently, God was able to provide for what they want. The question is this, do they understand really what, is, what it is to, to have a relationship with God? Do they really understand what it is to be in a relationship with Jesus? And we will take a closer look as God uses this opportunity to uncover the hearts of men. And I love what, what Jesus does. Though things might work according to what we think is right, that they would want to validate he is a prophet, he is probably somebody sent by God. But if you take a closer look, they, they can only say that he is the prophet because of what Christ has to offer. Will he still be the kind of person that he wants him to be if he's not what giving out the, the things that they want and they need? This is what this uh, story is all about. 
It says right here in verse 15, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. Why would they take him by force? Because he has what it takes to provide for that what they want. What if he will not provide for what they want? Will he still be the king? Okay. Of, of, of Israel. So Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So when he realized people wants to take him, he opted not to. Why? That's the reason. Why? Oh, why? Can you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for your message tonight that indeed your word is alive. You have said in your word that your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. Lord, thank you that your word, Lord God, will allow each and every person to uh, always uh, long for God more than what God has to offer. I even pray, Lord God, that you use all of us to bring our relatives and, 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 and friends, Lord, to this gathering. I pray that you bless, Lord, at our time together. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So after the desire of his people to bring Christ into a place of authority that he wants them to be a king because of what he did that he what multiplied the bread five loaves and how many fish five loaves and two fish okay by a boy he multiplied and they were really amazed this is the guy this is our man you know what he did he withdrew and in verse 22 on the next day the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but that his disciples had gone away alone so they saw Jesus. They want to follow him. In verse 23, other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boat and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. They were looking for him. Are they really looking for Jesus or are they for his miracles? So ask yourself right now, are you in church because you want to know Jesus? Are you in church because you want to grow in your understanding of Christ? Are you in church because you want to know the character of God? Or are you in church because you don't have a love life? Are you for Jesus because of what he has to offer? Are you here because you want to start your day right so that God will bless me I, uh, and, and God will prosper my life? Are you? Because people that has a relationship with God will not do something for God because of what they can get from God. The reason why you are married and you're doing it, not because you're expecting your husband to, to repay you of your what? of your services or what you've done or how you have loved him. I realized that relationship will only work when you outlove one another. You're not loving the person because of the love that he has given you. You love the, the person because he's unlovable at times. Or you love the person because it's a decision and a commitment that though he's unlovable, you choose to love the person. The basis of love is not because the person is lovable. There are days that he is lovable. But what if when days are, what if the person is not lovable? In days that really he is not lovable, okay? It's really something that we have to, in a way, digest this evening because I know that a lot of us here, we want to follow God because we just want God to bless our lives. That's not what a relationship with God is. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves. The reason why you're, 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 you're after me because of, of the bread. You understand this? You're after me and you want me because of the bread. What if somebody, your, 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 your loved ones will tell you the reason why I'm in this relationship because of your money. I mean, I think 
my wife is in this relationship because not my money, of course, my looks. But my point is, oh, no, I'm just kidding, okay? But, but, <laughs> at the end of the day, that, that is what he's trying to uncover here. I know what's in your heart. And I'm telling you right now, it has not changed for, for years that when you pursue God, God will put you in a situation where He can uncover your heart. Are your motives right? Are you coming and you, are you really seeking me? Because I will put you in a spot wherein you'll be tested. What if I want to provide for what you need? Will you still follow me? Now, I want you right now to recall, remind yourself, or probably look back. When was the last time where you're so frustrated with God and yet you opted to worship God? Or you're, you're frustrated with your situation. You're praying for a financial breakthrough. It has been like that for 10 years. But you don't see if God is at work, if God is willing to provide for what you want, but you choose to worship God. Lord, even if you don't provide, because my relationship with God is never defined with what He gives. The reason why I can worship God, the reason why I can obey God, not because of what He blesses me with or of, the reason why I'm in this relationship, because I love God, because He first loved me. Do you understand this? So He was using loaves and bread as His entry point. He was using bread as a metaphor when it comes to how He would want to really communicate His message. Remember, bread during their time was a staple food for uh, the Jewish nation. So they would always prepare uh, bread, part of their meal. In our own culture and context, uh, it's, it's not bread, it's rice, right? Just like what I mentioned. How many of you here, honestly, uh, you, 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 you are a bread eater. You love to eat bread. Pinoy Tasty, Gardenia, Kambal Pandesal. Anybody help me here? Shopao. Uh, uh. So bread to the Jews meant life. Because more than just the bread that they, they eat, it's, 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 it's totally connected or attached to how the Lord provided His manna to the Jewish nation when they were moving to the promised land. So they know that God has provided. In fact, bread to the Jews meant reconciliation. If you have an enemy and if you want to really uh, uh, restore the relationship, you break bread with that person. You understand? So if you want to maintain a relationship and, 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 and celebrate that you've been friends for 10 years, you break bread and just enjoy each other because that's a sign that we're in this together. Now I realize when, uh, uh, when, when Christ's body, and this is what we're going to do, in our, our time of communion, when the body of Christ, which is also a representation of the bread, right, was broken so that we will be restored in our walk with God, right? Do you understand? The body of Christ was broken for us so that we will be made whole as well. And part of that wholeness is that we're restored back to the Father because we've been reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen! Can we give Him all the glory? So in fact... This is what, 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 what Christ is trying to communicate. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that in, endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Eternal life here, the word life means uh, from the Greek word zoe, which means you're not, you're not just, you don't have only physical life, but you have spiritual life. That you're not just alive here uh, uh, physically, but you are fully alive spiritually. And when it comes to this, you can only uh, enjoy the full extent of life or abundant life when you have an encounter with God. In fact, a lot of us here, the reason why you're empty, most especially for people who doesn't have a relationship with God, we don't have a relationship with God, we tend to get what? Okay, affirmation and validation with the things that we do. And you will, you will 
you, you, will, you will discover that. For some of you here who's not familiar, if you're, you don't have a relationship with God, you tend to what? You tend to derive your identity from the things that you buy to your accomplishments, to the things that you want in life. Because you think by acquiring these things will give you the definition that you've been looking for and you've been desiring about. Do you understand this? I'm, I'm not against acquiring things. I'm not against buying things. I'm not against buying uh, 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 rubber shoes or, or whatever you're using right now. I'm not against that. But I hope that's not where you derive your life and your identity. Because even if you acquire all the things in this world without God, you will be what? You will be depressed. You will be, you'll never be happy. You will never find contentment. Because your problem is not acquiring things. Your problem is that you don't have Christ in the middle of all of this. Now, my, 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 what my message uh, to, to all of us here, when you have Christ, even though you don't have much, you can still smile. Because your life is outside of this this life that you have in planet Earth, you know that this is just a temporary assignment. This is just a pit stop. Your life is afterlife. Do you understand that when you die, you have life? Come on now. How many of you here, you want to die tonight? No, no, um, because you want to have life. Of course, we want to enjoy our, our, our stay here. We want to buy things. We want to live a comfortable life, but that's not where you get life. Haven't you noticed? Have you tried a vacation without God? You know that you're not praying, you're not reading your Bible, because you want to enjoy life. After you're done with a vacation, how many of you here can honestly tell me that you, are, you, are, you feel so empty? Not just a vacation. After working, without, a, without coming uh, into the presence of God, or you did not pray, and you start your day, and you opted to really work, and after a day's work, you're so tired, you're still empty. Before you retire, you, you're... Though you've done everything. Why? You don't have God. And that's what I'm praying for all of us, that yes, there's nothing wrong of getting and, 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 and buying things. But I hope that, that's, that, that it's clear for all of us that is not where you derive your life. That is not where you derive, derive happiness and joy. Your joy is in your relationship with God. This is why it's written right here. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. That at the end of the day, when you have a relationship with God, you're guaranteed that after this life, you'll be living with the Lord for eternity. And when you have that understanding and you have that concept, I'm telling you right now, that your value, your significance, your identity is never attached on the things that you buy and the things that you acquire. And this is really something that I hope that would open our eyes. That when you, when you derive your identity with the things that you want and the things that you desire and you just can't live your life without the things from cell phones to everything that you have acquired from the money in your pocket to your dreams and your aspirations there's nothing wrong with that before you know it it becomes your god what is a god something you find joy that if you don't have it your day is never complete now how many of you here you just can't at times you you you, you you, you, you can't help, but what, when you don't have a cell phone, you, 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 your, your day is never complete. I need to be back home to get my phone. Kaya hindi ka pa nakapag-toothbrush, basta may cell phone. I mean, why? I mean, that's, that's important. But because at the end of the day, we cannot really, in fact, monitor the condition of our hearts. That we're, we're worshiping things that we have possessed. Because that is what 
greed will do to us. It causes us to gravitate because we think it has what it takes to provide significance and value. When you don't have God, you lose track okay, of what is important. You begin to worship things that are not really valuable in light of eternity. This is why eternal life okay, doesn't start when you die. The Word of God says that indeed Christ came to give us life and life abundantly. When I say eternal life, some of the uh, mindsets of a lot of Christians is that I need to die in order for me to have eternal life. In fact, you can have eternal life and a piece of heaven while you're alive. Because Zoe means you have eternal life and you have life on earth. That you can have a piece of God. How many of you here you are thankful that you don't have all the money in the world, you can worship God? Come on now. Amen. You don't have the money in the world, but you can enjoy your relationship with God, that you have friends. There are a lot of things that you have to thank God for. This is why eternal life begins now and forever. Now when... Galeng, see? It's not just when you die. Now you can have life in Christ. You can find joy. Though there are times that you probably... Or there are times that, that, that things might not work the way you want it to be. But that's okay. Because your life is not just what? Contained in this life and tenure while you're on planet Earth. There is more to this. So I hope that having eternal life, more than anything else, you can have a taste of this one. And yet when you die and when you go and, and be with God, that is the fullness of that eternal life. It will be made complete. There's a reason why while you're alive, yes, whether you like it or not, you can buy a lot of things. And if you can, still you will live in what? In, in emptiness. Because again, your problem is not acquiring things. Your problem is that you don't have God in your life. You know that. And if you're here right now, you're simply saying, Pastor, I, I cannot relate because I don't have God. You know that. And when you go home, you, you feel empty. Why? You don't have God. And the beauty of this, the Word of God says in Romans 5, 8, that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the love of God. That even though you have not decided to be back home, Christ died for you. He did not wait for you to really be a good person. That if you're a good person, you go to church, you worship me, probably I might die for you. Even if you're thinking twice of going back to God, God has already died for our sins. What a, what a beautiful story that God loves us so much that in case we change our mind, we want to be back home, God has already given himself way ahead in everybody. Amen. Come on now. So do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Say the word believe. That is the only thing God is asking from us. Do you believe? How many of you here, you believe in God? Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of this, uh, one of the best uh, tightrope walker. Okay, His name is Blundin. And he, he, was, he was applauded and, and, and giving the, uh, given the honor because of what he does. And he, he in fact, did something amazing that's been uh, recorded in history um, in Niagara Falls where they put a, a rope and, and he, would, he would cross the line okay, without any harness or any protection. Uh, and, and he did it once. And the second time, um, he did it with a wheelbarrow. And he did it perfectly. And... and the, the, the last try that he did was he asked the crowd, do you believe that I can do this again with a person sitting on the wheelbarrow? All of them said, yes, you can do it because you're blunted. You're good at it. And he asked, if you believe in me, can I ask a volunteer from this group? Nobody volunteered. But he asked again, somebody volunteered. 
a 10-year-old kid. I, I, I think it's easy to say that we believe in God. But will, will we take part in what God is doing? Will we obey God when He asks, do you believe? Let's give this a try. We can, we can be part of the crowd where we can say, yes to God, yes, I believe. But will you sit in the wheelbarrow? You know, that 10-year-old kid sit in the wheelbarrow and he crossed Niagara Falls successfully. That kid was his son. At the end of the day, you need to understand this. It's not about really what God can provide or what God will provide. At the end of the day, will you believe in Him? Will you trust Him? This is what a miracle is all about. A miracle is not just an event where you are mesmerized with who God is and how powerful He is. A miracle points you to Jesus and makes you fall in love with Him. If you are in church and you're not in love with God, there's something wrong. And I want you to have a clear understanding of this, that God wants you to know that though there are times that you don't feel His love, remember this, God loves you. And when He says unconditional, His love for you is unconditional. That will not change. You might change, God will not. You might let go, God will not let you go. Amen! So the things of this world will perish, will soon end, will will, will, will have its limitations. God is simply saying, if you believe, join me. Take part in what I'm asking you to do. Will you sit in my wheelbarrow? The world has its limitations. This is why God is simply saying that you need another intervention. That yes, I will provide for the bread and what you want, but there is something bigger than the bread that I'm trying to offer that at times we miss out. God is simply saying that when you take me in, I am your satisfaction. I am your delight. I am the only thing that can define you and provide for what you need. So if you're here right now and you're, you're longing and you have acquired a lot of things and still you're empty, there's something that you have to take a closer look. Do I really have a relationship with God? If you believe, will you volunteer? Will you say yes? Will you say, God, I believe in you. Give me the grace and the strength to volunteer. Some of you here, that's the only thing that you need to ask from God. Panginoon, bigyan mo ako ng kalakasan to be involved. That's been my prayer. When God tells me to do something, and at times, because we, we, we just don't know, we, we feel the, the pride that, Lord, I can do this. I'll show you I can do this. That's not how it should be. When God tells you to obey, you do it. But before you do it, ask Him to give you the strength. Do you understand? If you're about to do it and you're hesitant, ask God to give you the grace. Ask God. Technically, it, was, it is and it will be God and it is God who will provide. So in everything that we do, yes, probably you're simply saying, Pastor, are you, isn't that too religious that every minute of the day I pray? I'm telling you right now. If you have a relationship with God, it's not religious. The reason why you're, into, uh, you're in trouble because you only pray when things doesn't work the way you want it to be. When, you're, when you run out of options, that's where you pray. Why don't you just pray ahead of time and say, God, you are my life. I will start with you and I will end with you. Because at the end of the day, satisfaction is only found in Christ. Nothing and no one else. There is no one in this world. When you're satisfied with Christ, everything will follow. Because let's face it, there is nothing in this world that will give you the satisfaction. You can be the, the, the richest man and you can be the, the most powerful man. If you don't have Christ, you will always be empty because at the end of the day, I believe with all my heart that Christ has placed a void in our hearts that only Him and He and Christ can fill the void. 
There is nothing. That's the reason why, even though we have done everything this week, how come you feel that there's something lacking? How many of you here, honestly, there are days, months, and years that you feel like there's something missing? There's something lacking, right? Because again, you go back to square one. You invite God in your situation. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They look back and they ask. And they mention this to Christ. This is what happened. How, how God the Father provided manna for our ancestors. And you know God, okay? Again, this is going to be a good opportunity again. But before we read the next verse, it's written in Exodus chapter, uh, chapter 16, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And people shall go out and gather a day's portion every. We know that God will, 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 will use this, this account. But before we move on to the next verse, he looked back. They mentioned that, 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 that my four, our forefathers and our ancestors, they would trust God for 40 years every single day. God would provide manna. Why can't God provide for one month? How come it's every day? Because more than just the miracles and the signs and wonders, God is interested with having you for a relationship. Why? Because every day you approach God. Every day you approach God. My question with you right now, do you approach God every day? The reason why our manna and our encounter with God and His goodness is not fresh because the last encounter that you have had with God was about a year ago. Kung ang tinapay na mo was about a year ago, I'm telling you right now, you will lose a lot of weight spiritually. Do you understand this? This is why it is important that every single day, more than anything else, more than the blessings, more than the provision, God is interested that you, what, you, you come to know the provider. Do you understand? Because only in trusting God that we grow in our daily encounters in, uh, of Him. That every single day, God wants us to approach Him. God wants us to connect with Him. God wants us to approach and, and, and know who He is. And He's using the things that He's blessing His people as an opportunity to what, connect with them. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, if it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, it was not Moses, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Now, I want you right now to take a closer look. Why is He saying this? Look up here for a while. Why is he saying this? Because they were referring back to a bread that is just momentary. There is a bread coming that will solve all your desires and your dissatisfaction and your yearnings. There is a bigger bread that will solve your greatest need. Remember the story? The man was only asking last week for healing. God provided forgiveness of sins. His problem is not just his sickness. In fact, his problem is that he's going to hell technically. Do you understand? So God was simply saying, I will heal you now and I will prepare your future. That's the God that we worship. That's the God that we serve. That He's not just contained with our needs. He is what? Looking after our future needs. And your greatest need is a Savior. To be saved from sin. So God offered Himself. This is the same picture. That God is simply saying, I will solve your need for bread. But more than anything else, I will solve the greatest problem. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. It was the Father who gave us, not Moses. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That this bread that I'm trying to offer is not just the five loaves and two fish that have multiplied. You will hunger and you will desire for more in the coming days. This one is limitless. Why? Because the bread is not just a piece of what? Of carbohydrates that he's trying to really offer uh, to the people who wants uh, to have themselves uh, satisfied uh, with it. But he's trying to offer his body as the main solution, the more than anything else, you hunger not just for food. You hunger for what? For acceptance, for love, for value, for, for forgiveness. I will solve all of this and I'm giving myself. This is what he's trying to convey. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All, the father, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Amen. So if you are right now in a situation where, God, I've been looking and deriving life in places that I think I can find life. And Lord, I'm done. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. God has validated in his word. That when you come to him, he will not cast you out. 24-7, you're accepted. Even though, yes. What if? Yes. Because God is simply saying, I am full of life that I can resurrect whatever is dead in you. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Verse 40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. Just believe. And I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread that come down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, a son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? They doubted him. Never asked. Remember, he multiplied five loaves and two fish to about 5,000. In fact, 15,000 to 20,000. 5,000 are only for men, including the women and the children. They doubted him. Isn't this what Jesus, the son of Joseph? He's just, what, part of our neighborhood? How come he's claiming okay, that he's the bread of life? Jesus answered them, do not grumble amongst yourselves or among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. He is the bread of life. More than just the bread that he multiplied, he's simply saying, yes, I know your needs. I know that you need something to feel. Okay? your stomach, but I'm coming to feel your life. Ladies and gentlemen, the God that we worship every Saturday and every Sunday wants to tell you, I'm crossing the line. Can you please take me in? I'm offering myself because I know your problems. I know that you're never satisfied. There's a reason why. Every single day you're fighting. For some of us, we're fighting for significance. People have to see my efforts. People have to know that I'm, I'm the best. People have to know that I'm performing well. What if nobody sees whatever you're doing? Will you not perform? Or you're performing because you're doing this for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what a person who has life in Christ will do. 
You're not living for anyone. You have only one audience, and his, and his name is Christ. So if people doesn't acknowledge really your performance, I hope that you will not allow them to define who you really are. And this is why it says right here, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He was simply saying, I'm offering my body. Yes, I did the miracle. But that miracle is pointing towards the bread of life. The greatest answer to your need for satisfaction. And you can only live in satisfaction, ladies and gentlemen, when you understand that the bread of life has what it takes to answer all of your questions and all of your needs and all of your wants. He is the only solution. No one else. You can look, you can try, but I can guarantee one thing, you'll be back to look for Him. So why not every morning you wake up and say, God, I will not start my day. Hindi ko po sisimula na wala kayo. I'll start my day. I'll start with having you as my bread. Satisfy me so I don't long for it. You know what? Before we end and partake of the Holy Communion, when I travel abroad, you know, one of the things that really caught my attention after I'm back, yung hinahanap mo yung lasang Pilipino. I like sinigang. I like adobo. I like, I like everything. Seafood. Everything I see. And, and my question is that the reason why I'm looking for it because I'm acquainted with, with the Filipino taste, right? When hamburgers, french fries, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I always look back. Why? Because I'm from this country. Now, did you ever, did you ever think of this? Or did you ever uh, uh, probably, I don't know if you've processed this before, or you thought of this? How come you have so much appetite with the things of this world? Remember, you're not from here. You're from the other side. This is just very temporary. You're not from this planet. You are an alien. Look at the person on your left. That person is not from an alien. Bring me to your master or your leader. You're not from here. You're not from here. So for some of you here, you don't have an appetite for things because you're not from here. Wala kang panlasa dito. And I hope that as we encounter the bread of life that gives us all the satisfaction that we are longing and yearning for, I hope that the day will come that we look forward to where God is and our appetite is in the afterlife because we're not from here. We're from the other side. My question with you right now, how come you have so much appetite with the things that you want to acquire, buy, or pursue? Because you did not realize that you're not from here. That you can start loosening your grip with the things that you own. I'm not against it. But I hope that you understand that your life is in Christ alone. Can we just take this moment right now to bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, can we touch our hearts right now? Thank you that, Lord, you give us the grace to understand and know that our appetite is not in the things of this world. 
Lord, thank you. Can we thank God for what He has blessed us? Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. But Lord, this is not where I, I derive my life, my joy, my excitement. Only in Christ. And if you're here right now, you're saying, how can I start making Jesus as my satisfaction, as my life? First and foremost, you have to make a decision to believe and involve yourself. You say involve. You take part. That you don't just start your day routinarily. When you say routinarily, you, you pray, you read your Bible, but you're not, you're not enjoying, you're not connecting with God. Some of us are struggling in our walk with the Lord. And you, 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 you come here, you attend our gathering, you, you listen to this message, but you know in your personal moments with God, you're not connecting with God. You're struggling. You're having a hard time. You're so dry. And you're, you're, you're starving. You, you don't have this bread of life that satisfy your longings for approval, your longings for significance, your longings for, for the things that you need to acquire. Some of us, we have been consumed. I need to buy this to look good. You don't have to look good. You look good in the eyes of God. Stop striving. Stop impressing people. Stop asking approval from men. Stop it. Just So I want, I want all of us to repent and ask God for forgiveness. So repent with me. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we repent that we have allowed temporary things in this world to replace our devotion, our commitment, our love for you. That we're so sorry and we ask God that you intervene and you come to our aid. And we ask that you refresh us tonight. Can we raise our hands before God? Lord, thank you that you will grant me and grant us the desire to know you. That we will grow in our knowledge of you. That more than anything else, we will not look to the left nor to the right. We will. We will acknowledge you and make you the main focus of our lives. Jesus, you will be at the center of everything that we do. Say that to Jesus. Jesus, you will be at the center of everything that I do. I want, I want not just to live, but to have life in Christ. You said in your word that if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Lord, I'm not just looking and searching for what I can eat and how I will survive in this planet. Lord, I want to live forever. So thank you for this opportunity that you've given all of us that we can live and be satisfied and walk in satisfaction because there's no one in this world 
that can grant us the satisfaction that we've been looking for. In 1 Corinthians, look up here for a while. It says right here, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus on the night when He was betrayed took... He took what? And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Why did He break it? More than just dividing the, the bread... It is a metaphor that his body was broken so that you would be made whole. There was an exchange that took place on the cross. Do this in remembrance of me. I want you to be reminded of what Jesus did on the cross. This is a reminder that we have life in Christ because his body was given for all of us. So for a lot of you here, you think that you need to perform with your body in order for you to be loved by God. No. Christ has performed on the cross that you don't need to impress God. He is delighted and impressed with who you are. Wala ka lang dapat gawin. Isn't that more than just this solemn assembly? In fact, this is a celebration. I don't have to perform to be accepted. I am accepted, thus I perform. Panginoon, salamat sa pagtanggap. That you are our life, O God. That you've been broken, you became vulnerable, you died on the cross for all of us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. That I am made whole because you were made broken. Verse 25, in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. What's the new covenant? It has been sealed by the precious blood of Christ because of our sins. There was a strain in our relationship with God. When Christ died on the cross, that blood, atoned our sins, and we were forgiven. Now, my question with you right now, did you do anything to be forgiven? Nothing. You just believe, right? I want you to thank the Lord that we don't have to hit ourselves, inflict pain, do something in order for us to be forgiven. We are forgiven, period. All you need to do is just to celebrate. Lord, we are celebrating, Father that we have a new covenant, that we have been restored in Christ Jesus, that as we worship God, I want you right now to just give your all to God. Lord, thank you that you're my life, that you have forgiven me, that I have been made whole, that I can worship Jesus because of what he has done on the cross.